welcome once again to a novel evening. As always, I'm Danny. You can find me over on Instagram as a novel evening podcast, and same on TikTok. And this week, I'm joined by Aisha Manazer Siddiqui, whose novel, The Center, I binged in a day. Um, it is such an intriguing, cool thriller, all about the premise that you can learn a language uh, basically immediately. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want days to learn any language in the world? But it comes with a hidden cost. That's all I am going to tell you. You need to read this book to find out more. But I'm super excited to talk to Aisha all about this novel, where this idea came from, and find out all about her novel evening. So a huge hello to Aisha. Hello. Hi. How are, How are you? you? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm really well. I'm I'm good. We've just just come out of book launches and things like that. So <laughs> yes, how does it feel to have your your first novel out in the world? It feels um very strange. Like I think it might it might sink in later. Yeah, but it's been it's been intense. I'm not necessarily the most like I think I do get a little bit of social anxiety sometimes. Yeah. So this idea of, it's also like the contradiction of it, like you're kind of holed up in your little cave writing away and then suddenly it's like, oh, now you're a performer, like now you're on stage yeah. and you're having, so, so, so they're very different roles and I do enjoy aspects of it and there are these connections that are made, yep. but they're also such quick and fleeting connections, so, yeah. so it's, all, it, it's all quite strange. Yeah, I bet. Look, I've read The Center and I loved it. I was saying to you that I binged it in a day. I was hooked, um, which is saying a lot because I don't often do that at all. Um, but yeah, how does it feel to know that people have got, you know, your book in their hands and they're, in my case, binging it? <laughs> I mean, it's been really interesting. A lot of people are saying this thing about a quick read, like, I read it in three days or I read it in two days. And, and that's very exciting to me that I was able to have that kind of pace. Yeah. People where people, th this impulse, I guess, to keep reading. Yeah. Um, but I, I hope that I have both. I hope I have that kind of pace, but at the same time, there is a depth, you know? <laughs> that, that it was definitely, that yeah, there definitely is. I think it, the plot for me, I was like hooked. I had to know what was going to happen next. Oh, so glad. Which I loved. So first off, for people listening, tell me about The Center. Tell me about this book and what it's all about. Okay, so The Center is about a Pakistani translator called Anisa living in London. who wants She wants to be a translator of what she considers great works of literature. And she stumbles across a super secret, mysterious language school that promises fluency in any language in just 10 days, but at a secret and sinister cost. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. And your language is so interesting because I'm one of those people. I have Duolingo on my phone and I did, you know, French GCSE. And I was always thinking, oh my God, like I want to be able to, you know, I want to be able to speak a language. And the idea of being able to do it that quickly is very tempting, isn't it? It is. And it's very funny because you find out um, kind of like just over midway how it happens. And 
and people have read it and said even though like there is something quite it, the, the novel becomes quite dark and sinister but people yeah even, even having read that twist people have said oh yeah like I would <laughs> so it's really funny to hear I yeah. I think I would you know <laughs> really <laughs> even having read it I'm like I think I I, I think about it <laughs> you'd still do it (laughs) I think I would and obviously we don't want to give away any spoilers because I love the twists in this story but there is this idea isn't there of being able to achieve something but there's always a cost to it right yeah I think so I think one of the things that um I try to explore is the idea of what what is happening underneath and what is actually like this this seemingly kind of innocuous um uh, exchange actually contains for instance the labor of other people mm. and then the other aspect of it is um, language learning can you can you can you pick one thing out of a culture that contains numerous things and what does that look like and what are the consequences of that so, and where did this idea come from for you so the I, I I you know I don't even remember exactly where it came from, but I remember it came like the the core of it came at first. This idea of oh this woman finds this language school and then it turns out that this is happening in the language school, and then the rest of it was just asking questions. So then it became like oh you know how does she find it? Mm-hmm. And in fact even the translation thing came. It, the translation has now become a big part of the novel, but even the translation thing came afterwards because I was asking myself why would she want to go to this language school so badly and then it made sense oh she's a translator yeah so it, it kind of happened like that um but also the the protagonist of the novel um like me has moved from pakistan to england at the age of 18 and i think there was something in that shift that i was trying to investigate yeah um i wrote the novel during the pandemic and the borders were closed and I suddenly found myself separated from my parents and siblings and then kind of like reckoning with all that has been lost and gained in the process and that includes language right like how much of my Urdu have I retained how much in my efforts at assimilation have I lost if I had not come to this country at 18 and like naturally kind of I'm sure undoubtedly kind of become a different person in some ways would I have published this novel you know things like that come up and and it was in kind of grappling with those issues that I think Anissa's life was formed and then also the relationships at the time the friendships and and the loves and things like that um and the cats and all of that also ended up going into the novel because I've seen your thank yous and I, I'm trying to work out if it, the cat is based on your cat. <laughs> the cat is, I mean, the cat is my cat, basically. But yeah, no, the cat is based on my cat. I would say, I would say he is. Um, uh, Billy also, Billy, his name's Billy. He came into my life during the pandemic. So, so he was a little baby kitten when he came. Um, I gave birth to him physically <laughs> during the pandemic. And um, he... And the novel came just weeks after he arrived. But I think one of them is like, oh, Billy brought the novel. But in a sense, in a sense, it's also like logical because I think it was the presence of this living being in the room 
that allowed a certain calm to come into my body yeah. that allowed me to sit for hours at, at, a, at a desk and just write like you know so there was something about that living sweetly breathing being yeah. that was kind of reassurance especially at that very stressful time yeah. so yeah. And the story, as much as it's about language and about heritage, is obviously a lot about relationships in there. And did you kind of always know how they were going to look as you were writing? You know, I really didn't. I really <laughs> didn't at all. And it was so nice that the friendship became so central Yeah, the novel. Um, I was really happy about that because I, I do firmly believe in this kind of thing I'm kind of like trying to write against the privileging of the romantic relationship in literature for one thing and then also from my own life just knowing the value and the power of sisterhood and how there is no doubt that that is um, just as if not more valuable than these relationships that we elevate above all and so there was a resistance to that idea in the centering of the of, of the friendship, but also I mean God knows what, what will happen, but we're talking about film rights. Oh it's wow! Like, yeah, it feels so exciting. But one of the producers, um, so so I had meetings with a few producers, and one of them said something really funny, which I kind of liked. She said, "It's like if you put the characters from a Sally Rooney novel in a film by Jordan Peele." <laughs> yes oh my goodness that's so accurate these like very kind of almost like annoyingly hyper analytical like characters obsessed with their relationships with each other but then they find themselves in this horrific scenario kind of thing so yeah and I loved one of my favorite parts was you were writing about the two main characters you know the main character and her, one of her best friend and you write about how there's no anniversary for friendship you don't celebrate the day you became friends and yet quite often they're like the longer lasting relationships that you build and I thought that was so profound oh thank you I mean yeah I think I do feel a bit a, a bit of resentment about that about the fact yeah. that there's so many like wedding and marriage anniversaries and then like you know baby showers but then what about friendships which are often the core of our lives like why do we never why why don't we mark those things you know is it connected to misogyny is it connected to the patriarchy you know like why do we not mark sometimes happen um with friendships and maybe the sad thing is that i mean we've all had for instance like breakups with our platonic female friends for instance and it's like you can walk away and so you often do and maybe faster than you would if there were a familial or a romantic bond and that may be a problem as well so so I guess this idea of I feel like if we marked and held these relationships as important perhaps perhaps there could be something around around that but then again maybe the reason those friendships are so special and strong are because there's always the option to walk away yeah and so every day you make the choice and it's more of a choice um, because in some ways with your partner or with your family there is you feel compelled whereas with I don't know it's it's in, it's interesting but 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 there is a certain sadness around the f breakup of the female friendship as much in the novel but that's something that I find myself quite interested in at the moment
oh, it's so intriguing. And I also, I don't want to give away any twists or turns, but how much of yourself did you put into this novel? Um, I, I, I mean, I would say, I would say quite a bit, and I would say into each character, but then also, you know, people around me and fictional, like everything, everything is, is in it. I mean, the interesting thing is also the novel. I mean, they're calling it different things. I think in, in the US, they're, they're even calling it horror. Mm-hmm. And in the UK, they're calling it speculative. Yeah. But basically, there is this element of the novel that is not quite real. So, mm-hmm. so it kind of goes beyond realism in the sense of it stretches the body and the and and the world in a way that is probably not you know not possible and and so you may assume like in speculative fiction that we are therefore no longer in the life of the writer mm-hmm. and we are inhabiting a different a different place but sometimes i think with the speculative with fantasy and so on we're in fact just going even deeper into the mind of the of, of the writer at the launch, I was giving the examples for exa- the examples of um, Hitchcock, for instance. Yeah. And I was talking about the film Birds, the Birds. Yeah. And in and in that film, Hitchcock is dealing with a sort of um, very primal, very basic dilemma of the man's mother not liking his new yeah. girlfriend, his fiance. And then suddenly everything erupts and the birds attack. And then, you know, what happens, happens. And then eventually there is that re- reconciliation and the the family conflict is resolved. Yeah. And, or if you take, I don't know if it was Vertigo or no, it's Rear Window where it's, I mean, there's always misogyny in Hitchcock. So yeah. in Rear Window, there is, but in- Always. In, <laughs> but in Rear Window, the, the dilemma is that the man thinks his girlfriend is too superficial. Yeah. And then they find this whole like thing happening and then she proves herself not to be. But it's always a very basic dilemma. And then we go into the surreal and then but 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 I think this is the way that our brain processes. So when your mother, when you're if you're a man and your mother doesn't like your new girlfriend, it does in fact feel like this intense, like yeah. supernatural attack. And there are all these weird like incestuous feelings or like the sort of primal kind of uh, bond breaking that maybe hasn't been done, but all of that stuff in order for our psyche to process, we sometimes have to go into very strange territory. And if we really look into, into the unconscious, it comes up in these strange, sometimes terrible and gruesome ways. David Lynch is another one. Yes. Yeah, Blue Velvet is like a, a, a man processing the death of his dad, you know, at heart. Yeah. Yeah, so, I think... That's the intriguing thing, like you say, I think quite a lot of horror and even sci-fi things are grounded in kind of the everyday. And that's probably what makes them so scary. I think so. I think that's why it resonates and it's speaking from one unconscious into the other. And so maybe it's even allowing us to process something that can only be processed through this very strange kind of underground imagery. So I feel like there was something like that potentially going on in my depiction of this very unreal scenario, which in fact is very directly and obviously related to my life, but in in a w- in a way the links even I can't fully understand. Yeah. You know? And I also 
often find myself confused about the nature of time. Um, I and I find this happens in dreams a lot. That that is that that is also a thing. And after I finished the novel, for instance, my father was diagnosed with cancer, and it was very serious and difficult. But I feel like on some on some level, in some underground way, it's already there. And I find this happens again and again with so many writers that it's it's not even just the past or present, it's the future as well. Yeah. And so yeah, this, I think yeah. That's very interesting. And I think that's I think that's the joy of writing as well. When you're a writer, you're playing with so many elements that surround you. I think there's some like real like underground work happening and that's why the process takes so much trust like how much can you can you surrender how much can you let go and allow because your own intentions become um, visible to you sometimes not at all or sometimes much later you know yeah and I have to ask you might not be able to tell me very much but how do you follow a novel like this what what comes next for you Oh, so I don't know. I mean, I think I'm done with this. Like so a lot of people, when they read it, they're like, oh my gosh, it has to have a sequel. And they even think of what the sequel will look like. It's very cute. I really like it. But I'm done. Like it was written space and I'm dealing with different things. Yeah. But I do find myself still veering towards the, I, I, I don't know why I don't like the word speculative that much. I think because it reminds me of sci-fi, but I am veering towards the not quite real, you know, mm-hmm. still um but but yeah it's confusing I mean the good thing about the center was as I said the core of it came straight away and so then I had that plot and then it was a matter of fleshing it out yeah but 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 that doesn't seem to be the case this time around ah okay I don't have a very clear like central thing it's a very different process then this time I think so I think so I mean we'll see how how it goes but it's early days look I I loved the center I can't wait to read whatever you write next I'm very excited for it's fantastic and now I I can sometimes guess with novel evenings what might be coming but I have no idea with yours at all so I'm very excited to see what you're gonna bring for your novel evening okay okay I have some ideas um so first, I, I mean, I've really been thinking about this and it's it's confusing. <laughs> but um, anyone, oh my gosh. You know? It's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, there's so almost too many options. <laughs> it's a lot. But I have been thinking about it and I have some ideas. I mean, see, first of all, we have to start with the fact that I will be there. And yeah. as I said earlier, I do feel as if I sometimes struggle with a bit of social anxiety. Right. And so one of the things that will help me be comfortable <laughs> is if there were people there who um were who I could vibe with, you know, who, who I knew cool. would be gentle and kind and so that I could like kind of ease into the evening. Yep. So, so the, the first thing I have to ask you is where are you gonna go for it? What's your oh, setting? So I was thinking about this as well, and what came to mind was I mean the first thing that came to mind was a beach in Karachi because I haven't been to a beach in Karachi for a very long time and then I it would be like reliving my childhood and they're obviously my favorite place because that's where I spent some of yeah. the best in my childhood and so this 
a beach in Karachi called Hawks Bay where we would go and you can rent a hut. And it would be it would be like a house that it's called a hut, but it would be like a little cement house. Yeah. And they'd have like uh, two or three rooms and a loo or whatever. And then you'd bring your sandwiches and that would be home base. Lovely. Anyway, and you'll so, be relaxed there. This is a relaxed yeah, setting. But the issue is, I mean, I'm going to now spoiler alert, like Baldwin and people like that are going to be there. And then my fear is that they're going to be like, oh my God, Karachi, like I want to write a cat because they haven't been to Pakistan and I don't want them to be distracted. So then I was like, maybe it should be a beach in a European country because I, I want people to concentrate on the people there and not be like distracted by the fact that it's in Pakistan. So I was a bit torn. Well, let's see who you've got. Let's see, because it depends who you've got there, because they might be so lost in conversation that the setting, you know, you'll admire it, but you're not lost. Yeah, yeah I hope so. Um, but but yeah, it would be a beach somewhere or the other. Beautiful. It might it might be Europe just so that, you know, we're not too distracted because there's people who haven't been to Pakistan. I don't want them to get like overexcited. I'm one of them. So I'm sure <laughs> I get distracted. I'm not important though. I can go off and be distracted. You're going to be like, sorry, I'm going on a camel right now. Absolutely. <laughs> that's what I'd be doing. I'll be back. Just, just hang <laughs> fire. I'll, I'll return. Okay. So we're on a beach. We bought our sandwiches. On a beach where we're not highly distracted by like the, the yeah, we're we're just ready to have good conversation. So who's the first person who's going to arrive on the beach? Okay. So so I was thinking. So they're mostly writers, except for one person who's a family member. Okay. Um, said um a gentle energy. Yep. So uh, so and I'm thinking contemporary writer and the person I think of is Ocean Bong who I love so much I love their energy I feel like it would be a nice kind of just like kindness and warmth and depth and there's just I I don't even know how to explain but again we're getting into kind of underground territory where they will meet you there you know they won't start from up here they will meet you there Mm -hmm. And, and so like I'm safe, you know, Ocean Bond's like, they're the first to arrive and I feel so safe. And like, it's almost like, yeah, it's it's a moving encounter. <laughs> yeah, okay. I can picture that as well. And obviously her writing's so beautiful. Yes, yes. And then the other person, is, the second person to arrive, also like gentle and beautiful energy is Sheila Hetty. Ooh, okay. Very sort of whimsical. Like we're going to have to have some to because she gets very like she's into the the enchanting stuff yeah um but but she she's the second guest oh okay beautiful this was very gentle yes (laughs) the third guest is james baldwin because james baldwin is my all-time and you said dead or alive right Uh, yeah anything goes because James Baldwin is my all-time favorite writer, but I would be extremely intimidated by him. Um, so that's why he arrives once I'm already comfortable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, I like that. I like that idea. You're already at ease. Yeah. So you're not nervous because you're already, in, you know, you're chatting and you're engaged. So you're not going to feel anxious. Exactly. And I feel like I feel like Ocean Vong probably loves Baldwin. And so that will also help the conversation to flow. I love it. Um, but yeah, Baldwin would be, oh my gosh, so special. But I almost feel guilty like saying Baldwin because he would be like, oh my God, why am I like even deigning to be at this dinner? Like I, I see him as this kind of like, <laughs> like I'm totally out of his league. But I just, I mean, since I'm getting to, so it's by choice. Like he's allowed to say no, <laughs> but I invite him. 
<laughs> gonna say no he's gonna love this absolutely not there's no saying no to this he'll be there like you resurrected me from the dead for this shit like i'll be like look there's like camels and then i'll try to make i was in paradise and you've brought me to your evening and i've been given sandwiches (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah we will have to work on food if baldwin and baldwin's music taste is good so baldwin will do the spotify stuff okay he's he's in charge of the playlist okay have you got anybody else coming um so how many more people am i allowed one or two it doesn't matter you can actually have two you can have as many as you like i mean i was kind of thinking like tony morrison um, because now we've got the party started so tony morrison again this very vibrant energy like beautiful sparkly witty conversation and now we've got the music going as well so maybe there's even dancing yeah on the beach beautiful yeah and so so that's my guest list and then the family because i i listened to one of your earlier podcasts and i saw that someone mentioned family and so, yeah and so i had one family member in in mind i'm not sure i don't think i mean your guests probably don't usually think so logistically as in like oh do they want to but i find myself thinking i mean i would like my grandmother to be there but then i think about her language thing and she's she's not going to enjoy the fact that everyone's speaking english but but uh, she would she would be there and i think the reason my grandmother would be there is not even necessarily to contribute to the dinner party but it's just because you've given me this beautiful invitation to invite who i want and how can i not include my grandmother because um my grandmother passed away some years ago and i feel that she had an idea a very strong idea of who i should be and what my life should look like and i think i really tried my best to um reassure her that i was the person that she wanted me to be but maybe to my detriment yeah where i just really wanted her to think i was a nice girl you know because it seems so important to her and I feel that since she's passed on she has been making her own journeys around her own conceptions of what she thought was right and wrong we have different conceptions around those things sometimes and I would want to just introduce her to who I actually am and I think she would love me I think we'd really get on because we did yeah had so much in common especially around food and fashion and a certain kind of way of thinking and um, ideas and gossip and laughter and I should not have underestimated her so much as to think that she would not be able to embrace me in my wholeness and so I'd love to say to her like mama like I'm so sorry like this is this is me and I'm so happy to meet you you know like that's that's an introduction that 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 just should have happened so yeah and that that speaks a lot I I think when it comes to grandparents I think I was in a very similar situation where there's expectations that you think you have to meet whereas actually they just want you to be you and be happy but you think you know I I have to be the person that my grandparents want me to be yeah yeah and then sometimes there are comp- I think there was a complex really a triangle around her and my mom and I you know where sometimes you become allies against the mom and it just it gets quite complicated and uh, and uh, all of that uh, I regret that I did not kind of give her the benefit of the doubt and like really let her in 
Yeah. But I think she knows, and I think she needs, you know? Yeah. We could, we could see each other's hearts. But it would be nice to see her again. And she'd love, I mean, part of the reason for the Karachi Beach is also for her. She'd love it there. Oh, yeah. it's beautiful. It's, it's such, it feels such a warm evening that you've created as well. I still feel like Baldwin's going to be pissed off. <laughs> I feel like I have no, absolutely not and also writers are about experiences this is an experience exactly it's funny how you kind of hold on to that sense of like um intimidation you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... and this is where i usually ask if there's anybody who's not welcome at your party if there's anybody who wouldn't make the guest list yes i have an answer for that as well Ooh. and it's someone from the novel oh it is Arjun. Yes. She mm -hmm. was dead. She was dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but again, I am a bit I'm a bit torn about about this, about Arjun and the non-presence of Arjun. Um like how do I because what's happening around the Arjun Anisa relationship, one of the things is this sort of like the gray area around consent. Yes. Especially with that sort of kind of graphic interaction that takes place on the Persian carpet between them, whatever. And so it's like, how do you, in rep and, and she's younger than me as well, you know? So how do you, in retrospect, forgive yourself for um, kind of like succumbing to a desire that turned out to be toxic? Yes. And how do you, yeah, how do you forgive yourself? Do you con do you subsequently always question your own desire, like worried about making the same mistake? Yeah. And then is there also a part of you that worries that if you do in fact invite Arjun to the dinner party, um, you will again feel that desire and in fact you have not changed at all. Yeah. There is this other thing of if Arjun is all remorseful, do you put him out of his misery, and do you and do you get a certain healing from being like? Yeah, I don't know if this is the night for that. This is not the night. <laughs> not the night for that. I think Arjun, if he wants to be remorseful, he gets his. You know, he does that on his own time, not when you're sharing this beautiful evening. That's true. Exactly. No, Arjun's not allowed. No, Arjun's. And do you want, thank you so much for sharing this because I think it's such a beautiful evening. I think I can I can feel the warmth. I can feel you at ease on that beach. Oh no! It's gonna, it's gonna Baldwin's gonna love it. <laughs> has to end of has to love it. There's no choice. And before I let you go and enjoy the rest of your evening, I have to ask if you're reading anything at the moment. Oh yes, so I am. I've just I think I started it yesterday. Oh book called it's uh it's actually not a novel. It's a, a nonfiction. And it's by Arun Kundani. I, I think it's just come out recently. It's called What is Anti-Racism and Why it Means Anti-Capitalism. Mm. And the reason that I picked up this book was because um, I found the central premise very interesting, which is he talks about how these liberal forms of anti-racism, um, for example, like initiatives around diversity or, you know, kind of, even examining one's own prejudices, just a self-pacification and it's ignoring the actual thing that is at play, which is structural mm -hmm. and that we have to be dismantling structures. And so he's criticizing this whole idea of um, 
liberal notions of anti-racism. But the reason why I'm also reading it is because I think my feeling has always been like working from the inside out. Yeah. And even even in this novel, The Center, and I think in my life, kind of the interrogation of myself and my own internalized supremacies has always felt very important to me. And it's felt like that's where the work starts. And to me, it seems that what Kudnani is saying is he's challenging that. And he's saying that that, in fact, is like moving pebbles around in order to cause an avalanche. That's not how it works. And yeah. so I'm just interested in, in what he means and what a deeper form of activism could look like. So I'm hoping to learn something from this book. That's so interesting. I loved in the center as well, the, the dynamics that you have with Anissa and with Adam and their opposite views on, you know, when he visits her parents, their two very different views on how the other was behaving, I thought was very interesting. Thank you so much. I mean, again, that, that, we, we go into exactly that territory of sort of like conflicting supremacies. On the one hand, you look at his whiteness and the ways that the class oppression that she is, that she has over him. Yeah. And so it's this idea of, of context and yeah. how, how, how one form of, how it's always easier to see when you are the victim but in fact she's not seeing her own her own kind of biases yeah I thought that was so interesting when I read that bit that was a a viewpoint I hadn't kind of had before oh wow thank you yeah that's really intriguing and it sounds like this novel that you're reading now really opens up some questions I think it sounds really fascinating yeah I hope so I mean I've only just started but so far so good I'm enjoying it yeah oh well thank you so so much for coming to chat to me I love the center. It's out now. It has the most awesome cover as well. Actually, my little girl was looking at the cover of it. She was like, what is that book about? And I was like, it's not for you. But she yeah. loved the cover as well. She's like, it's so cool. And she's only six. So the cover is excellent. <laughs> it is 18 and above. I feel like we have to say as a disclaimer now. But yes, no, the it's cover. very 18 and above. I was like, you can look at the cover and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> She can't read properly yet, thank goodness. But no. I absolutely loved it. It's going to do so, so well. And um, I will keep my eyes peeled for any exciting news going yeah. on with it. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Novel Evening. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed making it. Please remember to go over and rate, subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcasts and check us out on Instagram at A Novel Evening Podcast and over on TikTok under the same name and we'll see you next week. Bye bye.